Hello and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. I'm here with Simon Bridgman. Hello Simon. Hello Chris. And today we're going to be discussing movies and one thing we haven't done uh, for a while, we haven't discussed a couple of the Marvel films that have been out this year, so we're going to discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, which I know came out way back in February, but we're also going to be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which came out in May, and I might talk a little bit about Secret Invasion, which was the TV series that came out earlier. But also, we're going to have a little chat about some of the films we've seen this summer. It's been an odd summer for movies. There's been lots coming out. Some have completely underperformed against expectations. Some sort of got, have performed beyond expectations. So it's been a bit of an odd year. Cinemas, obviously, um, have had been a bit struggling still a little bit since the COVID times. And this summer, especially with Barbie and Oppenheimer come out, it's kick-started things a little bit. See if that can... Rem- you know, continue, but well, they might struggle considering there's no no well, yes. film, film schedules going to well, get yeah. Rejection. So it's looking like also that some uh, film companies are keeping their slate open. Some are already starting to delay films because of these the writers and actors strikes. So hopefully that can be resolved soon. So you know, cinemas and movie going can go back to a certain level of well, level of normal um if it's ever going to get that anymore but anyway that's something that we can discuss a bit later so let's first discuss ant-man and the wasp quantum mania we're not going to do a full spoiler special like we have previously we're just going to talk about what we thought etc now i know if you go across the internet there's been a certain a few a certain corner of of the internet, YouTube, Twitter, etc., have been a little bit more disheartened with Marvel's outputs, especially since all the Avengers Endgame uh, sort of finished that that sort of phase, and then we've started with the multiverse. I have actually been fairly up on a lot of the projects that have happened. I have more issues with some of the TV series than I do the films. I've yeah, yeah. liked a lot of the films that have come out still. I think the the problem has been that the average has fallen, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you've had Spider-Man, which has been good. Yeah. But there's been an awful lot of average or below average. If you put a rankings, I bet a lot of the ones which have come out are lower down yeah. the list. And then, you get, um, and then you've got ones that have been more divisive. So Eternals, I really liked. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people did. Thor, Love and Thunder... A lot of people found disappointing. I still enjoyed it. Same with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I actually did originally put, I think when we did a, um, at the very beginning of the year, when we did a, a chat and we talked about some of our anticipated films, I actually put Ant-Man and the Wasp in my five that I was looking forward to. I bet it wasn't afterwards. <laughs> it won't be in my top five. <laughs> Um, There hasn't been many films that I've been really disappointed with when it comes to Marvel. And I find, I always find that even the ones that I'm not so keen on are still still, good films. Yeah, Yeah, I can still watch, you know. Their consistency has always been fairly good. I think if, and I know you and I keep keep saying we're going to do a ranking, which we're planning to do for Christmas, I think. Yep. And we're going to do, I think, concentrate just on on the movies. Well, that's up for discussion. I'm not. I'm going to do a spoiler here, but Ant-Man and the Wasp could well be right at the bottom. It uh, wasn't good. Uh, I, it, I, I, from the whole, the whole bit of a whole of it, I just don't know really what they were thinking about. I mean, they've literally taken a film which was a crime sort of like local film, always quite small, early yeah. based, to you know, just a totally different film. It's just not in the same thing. It's more like a like a Guardian sort of style film of it being in some, you know, universe away from the Earth. Why have they gone from the streets of, you know, New York to wherever, some random place? It's just, you know, you took away half the cast. Yeah, I mean, some of, the, just... some of the things, some of the sort of these crew that made it funny and entertaining have completely been taken away. And... Um, and I was thinking about this the other day when we talked about doing this. Out of the cast, his, the people with him, two people we haven't really met. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, we, we saw, what, a couple minutes at the end of the yeah. second film and a few minutes in Endgame. Um, 
his daughter is brand new character. Yeah. Well, the character isn't, but the she actress, is an actress yeah, yeah. who's a brand new character, and they're treating her as a brand new character. So out of the five, two of them are hardly in at all. They're brand new characters. I just, I don't and know. The Wasp, again, even though her name is in the title, doesn't really do that much. Um, Bill Murray's cameo seems pointless um, because you're not, you're not... You're not using Bill Murray for what you would think you'd use Bill Murray for, for a cameo. Like how Jeff Goldblum's mm. used for Thor Ragnarok. Yep. You're not using Bill Murray for that. Um, that seems pointless. Um, I liked my, I think, in my mind, Michael Douglas was probably one of the yeah. better things out of it. Um, but Michael Douglas is always generally good in everything he's in. Um, and obviously, so is, so is Paul Rudd. But... Um, it, it just seems to me the whole film is just shot in front of green screen. It right. just see, which it is. It just seems it, it's it's what a lot of people used to complain about the Star Wars prequels with. And I know sometimes the scale of the films that's what has to happen. But I always felt with a lot of the Marvel films, especially in the first ten years, yes, of course, there's stuff in front of green screen, but it doesn't become too distracting. Doesn't become because you've got sometimes an element in the real world. I know there's stuff like the Guardians and Captain Marvel, which is set off off world, but this but they're still seemed, often set with a sim sort of storyline yeah. and things. They're still sort of human like yeah, and yeah. basing and they're based. The problem with this one is it's totally feels green screen. It's yeah. not just even Guardians when we get to that, which is mostly still a lot of green screen. This is just like, it's random people, random monsters, random, everything about it is just yeah. different. And I know it's meant to be in, you know, in a totally different area, but it's all different. And it's just, it's just like, it doesn't work. None of it works. It's just, it just feels so artificial. I felt, I felt that there could have been maybe his crew, you could have had a, a subplot of his crew still based in San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, San Francisco is just, just something come to me. Um, base there trying to help them to maybe to get back they have to do something to get them to so then you could have i know it makes it feel longer but you could have an element that is set in the real world just to counterpoint it a little bit and help and away they've got to do something that end to help get them back you see what you know what yeah. I mean? and it would have just probably grounded it a bit more yes it may have mean it was another 15 minutes longer or whatever but if it's if it's helping the film then I don't say, well, maybe they did, and maybe that stuff was gone. I know there was a lot of heavily reworked stuff in this movie, in this film. Don't know what, but I know there was, especially the ending. Jonathan Majors is good as Kang. Well, will he continue as Kang beyond Loki? We do not know. Um, it's got very quiet about what Marvel and are going to do about that. But all that aside... Um, yeah, I felt it was a bit of a mess of a film, to be honest. And um, and I've seen it. I saw it a second time. Um, I watched it when it was on on Disney Plus, probably a couple of months back. And it's one of the only Marvel films that I don't think. Oh, I'd quite like to watch that. Even ones that you put at the bottom of the list, like Iron Man Two and Thor: The Dark World, or whatever, which often come at the bottom of people's rankings when they when you look at them. I, I'd be quite happy to watch. <laughs> but this one, um, unless I was going to do a complete watch, run, run, watch through, I mean, if, if somebody said I'll choose an Ant-Man film, I'd choose one of the first two. The thing about it is the two you named both have parts which you enjoy. There's bits about yeah. it, there's stories bit which connect you and you think, okay, maybe I don't like the overall film, but there's parts of it. I, I'm not certain. As soon as they get down... Then you go, there's, which is, what, five minutes in. Um, there's anything I really go, oh, really... I was thinking about, should I watch it? And I was like, I just can't be bothered to watch it. I just can't sit through, I think, all of it, basically. There's no bit where I go, oh, I can enjoy that bit. I just don't think I will enjoy hardly any of it. So it's, like, it's very hard to watch. Um, and technically, probably, it's Marvel's first real flop, if you're going to call it a flop. Um, it had a very strong opening weekend, but obviously word of mouth wasn't great. Critic reviews weren't great, and it's very underperformed. Only just made under five hundred million, um, whereas Ant Man and the Wasp made six hundred. And I know that was pre-COVID, etc. But 
And I know a few of the films released, like Black Widow and Shang-Chi, probably did slightly less just due to the fact that was more the time they were released. And they also were released on pay on Disney Plus and all that. So it's difficult. You can't really compare it to those. If you're going by a solely released in the cinema, which Out of the Wasp was, and they have, like they did with Black Panther, they've given it a little bit longer before they've put it on Disney Plus. Not loads longer, but a little bit longer than they have been. Um, three, At least three months. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. Maybe it was four, but it's it's... It wasn't. It wasn't good. And even on the second time, when you sometimes say, "Well, maybe," because you know, I mean, we've all had that. We've talked about Batman v Superman not that long back. Um, a film that's every time I've watched it has grown on me, and I've preferred. I don't love it, but I preferred from yep. the very first watch. There's many films that, on other, if you watch it again, you actually prefer it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can go the other way, but. Um, yeah, so Am and the Wasp Quantumania, I was, you know, disappointed. I saw it in the IMAX, saw it, you know, the best way you could possibly see it. And yeah, I found it a very difficult watch and I came out very underwhelmed. Probably the most disappointed I've ever had from a, from a Marvel film. And, you know, when you're how many films down the line, that's not bad going, but, you know. Um, the problem is they needed some films to buck them up to make it, People go, oh, that was great. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, in February as well. Come out in February. Unlike, an unusual time to bring it out, but it was a real good sort of right. You know, this will kickstart the, the year, and it didn't. Yeah, and it's you know, it had Kang in it, so it had. Yeah, the, it was yeah. meant to be that film which you had to watch because of the, you know, sequence of yeah, moving it on yeah. to the future and being in the quantum realm. It's got a link to the multiverse, all that type of thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's an important film. I would imagine in the t- in the realms of where it's going, but yeah, it was um, it was disappointing. So let's move on to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Did you see this in the cinema? Yep, um, this was a totally different film. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I watched it again this week, actually. Um, so I watched it again this week. So I because after we did the Black Panther one, I, I like when we do these. I, I like to have a second watch. It's a really good film, isn't it? It's it is. Really it's fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It is a Guardians film. It's everything Ant-Man should have done, but it's just yeah. fun, enjoyable all the way through. I think. Yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah. a bit quite dark in places as well. It, it would be... I think there's been a couple of films in this um, phase, probably more than any other phase. Uh, I'm not including out there, the Wasp in this, that... I would say it was pushing the rating. I would say over in the UK it's 12A rating, which means you can take children under 12 to see it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for many children much beyond 10. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the old ones. Yeah. This Um, this and Doctor Strange, again, that also has quite a lot of... Yeah, because it lent, lent on the horror element. I agree, yeah. So we've we've had a couple recently that I would say have lent on the slightly older side, um, because obviously there is animal cruelty. If you don't like, even though I mean the animals are CGI, but there's quite a heavy lean on animal cruelty. Some of the things that the the actual villain does and looks like at the end. Spoilers. There will be spoilers to this. If you haven't seen it when they peel his face off. He's quite horrific in some yep. respects um some of the language and stuff is probably a little skewed slightly older but it's definitely a darker film um and james gunn is a dark you know has done horror films originally and adult films so um you know there's it, it no getting away from that so but on the whole it's a really good film i i I some see some people saying it's the best guardians film i still think the first one is it's but. as good as the first one um it's always difficult to be as good as the first one especially when the first one was so good it's yeah. definitely better than the second um i don't think it's pushing it i think it depends what you like yeah yeah no so. I, I i think i prefer the first but still it's a definitely improve improvement and it's definitely at this, at this moment in time the definite best thing that marvel have released this year yeah um 
all the actors are good. It's brilliant the way they brought, brought Gamora back into it. The, you know, the humour's there, but then you've got that darkness, etc. James Gunn's so good at getting... When he's got a full cast of people, a big cast of people, getting things for everyone to do. And it's absolute skill, because we've seen films where there is a big cast and people don't do anything for... Well, even you just mentioned the wasp doesn't do anything. No, with the no, and the wasp. no, no, with a big cast, you know, and well, that's and that's probably got a smaller cast than when you're looking at Avengers films, some of the Avengers mm. films, and um, and this, for example, when you've got like a team. Uh, you, I mean, some of the issues of the X Men films, there was always a couple of characters, it always was Cyclops that hardly had anything to do because there, there, there's too much juggling going on. Um, it's happened in Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. You know, you've got Rose's character. Yeah, doesn't She's in it, but she's not it because, you know, they, they haven't given her anything to do. So it's, it's a, a juggling act that certain people do better than others and James Gunn is very good at it and he did it in the Suicide Squad and it's looking like his cast that he's building for Superman Legacy is not just got Superman and it's got Green Lanterns in it it's got all that type of people in it so he's going to do it probably a similar thing for that so very no I can't praise Guns Galaxy enough and it actually did open quite soft in America well I suppose because it Followed Ant-Man. So people were like, I'm going to wait and see what the reviews and, are before and the reviews, I go. reviews, word of mouth have been good. And in, in fact, at the moment, it's standing at, it's the third biggest film of the year made. Um, so at the moment, it's it's technically, it's finished its run now, according to this. So it's 845 million it made. Um, I think it probably was expected pre-COVID to make a billion. But none of the Guardians films have made a billion. Let's not forget. So 845 million is pretty good. Um, it looks like Oppenheimer will probably surpass it over the next two or three weeks. Um, so at the moment, it's the, it's the third biggest film of the year. Um, and Ant-Man is not even in the top ten now. So, um, yes, yeah, so... I don't know if you've seen Secret Invasion. No, not yet. Series. I would... I think Ant-Man the Wasp is better than the Secret Invasion TV series. <laughs> Great, because I need to watch it. Thanks, thanks for starting me on a... It's weird, the Secret Invasion TV series, because the actual first episode, you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is this could be good. It's it's just dull. Is it? It's just dull with the cast they've got. Apart, apart from when Olivia Coleman turns up, she just puts a bit of spark into it. It's just dull. What's happening is he said, why? Somebody even asks, isn't it? Why won't don't why don't you call your Avengers friends? And Nick Fury gives a strange answer to it. Go, well, this is personal. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I always feel that's a problem in, in these films. Um, you can look at Spider-Man or anything else. Like, they're outgunned. And then you're like, well, why don't you just, you know, ask someone else to come and help? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a bit weird. Yeah. But obviously, they, you know, they don't want every film to be an Avenger film. But... No, of course. But at least you've but, got a superhero there. Yeah. Whereas in a shield, not a shield, a Nick Fury type thing, he hasn't got any, apart from the scrolls, any superhero help. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, I, I can't really talk about it too. I've only seen it once, and but I'm not really that. Um, there's so much to watch these days that you know, I'm not clamouring to put it on. I mean, I watched... Miss Marvel again for the second for a second time because uh, my wife hadn't seen it, so we watched it over, over about a month ago over a few nights, and I really enjoyed that second time. I really think it holds up. Actually, some of the issues that I had with the six episode count worked for me better than they did the first time because I probably watched it in more of a chunk. I sometimes think with these series, even though I do try and catch it, keep keep up with it every week, sometimes watching it in closer as a chunk, does actually help them. I mean, I think we, personally now, we need to watch everything like that nowadays. Yeah. Because everything's recorded, we're always behind on Sky yeah. or whatever else. So we're always watching a series every, well, not necessarily every night, but pretty yeah, much every in, night, yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah, of yeah. two times in one night. Yeah. But we're watching it on a consistent, quick basis rather than yeah. one episode a week and you do sort of always just get more into it mentally I think than you know come back and you've done something else and you watch five other series I think but 
Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I like Miss Marvel. It was a fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoyable series. Light-hearted. You can enjoy it, but just sort of forget, not forget about it, but yeah. just turn off afterwards quite and easy. And also, it was, I liked the way that it introduced, it, it, it depicted the Pakistani Muslim American culture as well, in a way that you probably don't always see. And I think that's good. I think yeah. that's a good thing, you know, in a positive light as well. Um, so I, I think it's really good. Now, I preferred it the second time I watched it, but Secret Invasion is is a hard watch. And even, you know, um, people that are really diehard Marvel supporters have struggled with it too. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, the only reason I try and watch one as they come out is because to try and avoid spoilers on the internet. But to be honest, there's nothing, there's nothing really... To, there's so little surprises in Secret Invasion. You kept, you kept expecting something. I think that's a little bit what's the problem these days with the Marvel stuff. You expect more surprises than you really should, or even there should be. I mean, if you're trying to make something, you can't always have cameos and surprises all the time because it... It ruins it. It ruins it. Yeah. It, it becomes too much. I think that a little bit of the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness... I think people were expecting more than there actually was, and maybe even for Ant-Man, but, you know, it gets to the stage when you can't have... It it becomes to the detriment of the film if you start having all these surprises and all that type of thing, but... Yeah, I guess people watched Spider-Man 3, and... Is it three, four? Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. then and for okay, they put big surprises in, and it's going to be like this every it's time. It's going to be like this one time, and they sort of assumed with Doctor Strange that because yeah, they've got to bring the X Men and all that lot, and somehow that that yeah. that was the film to do it because it's called Multiverse. Um, but yeah, you can't expect it all the time. But I don't know the TV series; they need to do something about it. They need to I don't know. They well, need to find someone who can. Manage because so so many of them poor. Miss Marvel was good, but on the whole, if we did our rankings with TV series, how many would be in the top half? And Ma- some of them are just sort of Moon Knight, and some of them start off well, and then I think they get disappointed. Moon Knight, for example, is one. She Hulk actually, a lot of people hated, but I actually quite enjoyed. I thought it was a bit different, and that's sometimes what you've got to do. So I wasn't, I I, I don't mind mind that. But did she did she Hulk work because because you got a legal basis then then you can have a tv series because you can have a baddie or episode of the week and put it around a marvel thing yeah and then you can move on to another one i think some of the other series are a film i mean yeah captain you know split up and then the trouble is that you've got a couple of episodes which actually are more like filler episodes and obi-wan kenobi for the star wars had the same issue originally it was a film it was going to be a film but then they sort of Change the script, expanded it, and then you think, oh yeah, it's really good. And then you have a couple of episodes, like the prison place, where it's just a whole episode on one thing which didn't need it. No, Uh, and and I mean, we're moving on to Star Wars, but Ahsoka, um, in my mind, feels really like Star Wars, but also feels like a TV series. So you get all the high budget Star Wars stuff with it. But they're having a good action sequence every episode, but they're also allowing it to breathe a bit more conversations. They don't feel like it has to be so sort of fast-paced. They're doing it over eight episodes rather than six. So sometimes you had this sort of long start, then a couple of rushed episodes, then you felt like you had a rushed finale and all that. So obviously we're still only three episodes in for that. But yeah, um, well, I I know that they're reducing the content, aren't they, Marvel? Yeah, for their TV shows. So, I mean, and hopefully, Daredevil when they do that well, will be. Again, it can have you know he is a lawyer, so again, you can have some sort of yeah. Well, there's 18 episodes to that, uh, but overnight, I mean, recording this on the second of September. Overnight, Marvel have changed some dates for stuff. Right. Probably actors and writers strike is part of them. So we're still getting Loki in October. That's fixed in. Echo was supposed to come out just before Christmas and they were going to drop all the episodes in one go. They're still doing that, but it's going to come out in January. Daredevil's off the schedule at the moment because they haven't finished it because it's 18 episodes. Um, There's Agatha, which is 
keeps changing its name. It was Coven of Chaos. It's now called the Darkhold Diaries. That's coming towards the end of next year. Um, and there's a What If, I think, is coming this Christmas. Uh, X-Men 97. So a cartoon sequel to the 90s X-Men cartoon is coming, I think, uh, mid of ne or early sort of springtime next year. So Daredevil at the moment is completely off. Until they get right. Until they know when they've got everything ready. I don't think they were far off finishing it, but it's not finished. So there you go. So, um, so yeah, so Ant Man of the Wasp, thumbs up. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say a thumbs down from us, Ant Man of the Wasp. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, thumbs up. Yep. Um, Secret Invasion, thumbs down from me. Well,. We'll see what happens when you get round to watching it. If you after this recommendation, whether you will. No, could that that's even worse? Because yeah, I want to watch them because like I yeah, do need to keep... see the series and yeah, I need to see all the series. But uh, well, I don't. I, I mean, watching it, I don't know how much um, is going to even be used coming forward anyway. It's what happens in it, but so that's the little bit of the problem. So as well, some of these series they feel like for one feel like homework. And two, feel, you watch them and feel, did I really need to watch that? Will I really need to watch that in the grand scheme of things? You know, because you know they're experimenting a bit now, Marvel, which is fine. But are, there's things that don't work that they'll completely... Just forget. Yeah. And some of you do. Miss Marvel, you really do need to watch that yeah. before you watch oh, yeah. Marvels. Oh, oh, yeah. I think, I think uh, the Marvels, WandaVision and Miss Marvel are essential. Now, whether Secret Invasion will be, because it all depends where it, most, the Marvels is set, because Nick Fury is in it. So, it might have, if anything, it will, Secret Invasion would have a connection with the Marvels, because there's scrolls and bits and bobs in it. It might not whatsoever. Marvels might be set before Secret Invasion, for all we know, because sometimes the chronology doesn't always... You have to get the book. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a book coming. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, so other films this summer. So I was just, I was just actually having a, having a look at ones I was looking forward to this summer in my list. And I might have changed it a bit when we did it. But I had Dune Part 2 at 5, which right. is not coming this year. So that'll be in my next, for the next year. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Amazing. Absolutely amazing film. I've only seen it once. I can't wait to see it again when it comes. Oh, I know it's already out in digital out on Blu-ray later on this month. Amazing, absolutely amazing film. Um, that will probably be in the top five of the year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was at number four. I put Ant Man 3. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Underperformed again. It's underperformed. Which, is, which was slightly surprising. Yeah, given that it's Cruise and Cruise is so up at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it had a Top Gun. You know, a lot of the makers from Top Gun Maverick have made Mission Impossible. The last Mission Impossible was so well rated and it, it did really well. I think it probably suffered because it only came out a week before the Barbie and Oppenheimer phenomenon. So it lost IMAX screens virtually straight away. So it only had a week on IMAX screens. It's made £550 million. So, which is at the moment, it's tenth in the top in the box office of this year so far. So, oh. it hasn't done too bad, but I think they were probably expecting about eight hundred. They probably were expecting the eight hundred sort of mark. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it ranks. I mean, I, I, you know, Mission Impossible films tend to make anywhere between six hundred to eight hundred. That's normally about yeah. where you're looking. But I think with the the Tom Cruise sort of element, the Top Gun element. Last Mission Impossible doing really well. I thought they, I think they were hoping pushing up to that closer to the billion. Yeah, more, but more. it's not going to make that. I it might it depends because we've had cinema national cinema days in the states and over here this over in the UK this weekend. You might find it pushes that up to about six hundred. Um, so yeah, um, so I had that too, and I had Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at one, obviously. Um, which is Ben is going to struggle making even 400 million. It's made 380 million. I'm surprised it did that poorly. Um, I mean, who would have thought that an Indiana Jones film, saying that Crystal Skull was the second biggest film of that particular year, who would have thought that an Indiana Jones film is not nowhere near the top 10? And it came moment? out on its own, and obviously there were some yeah, films yeah, around yeah. it, but of the big films, it came out a few weeks before. Um, yeah. 
it's other diff- films. It's I would have thought it would have. It had a clear cinema, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, uh, Fast X. I think did Camp Fast X came out before it, just before it. It did. Um, it's difficult to know what, exactly what has gone wrong here. Really, um, I think maybe showing it a can very early has not helped it. Uh, the budget of almost three hundred million hasn't helped it make it the most exp- one of the most expensive films of all time. Part of that, is, and this is some of the issue that Mission Impossible had, part of that was having to redo things for COVID, so that's what put the extra money on the stuff because those films were made during COVID. Um, it's very difficult to know what went wrong here. The word of mouth from audiences are actually better than the word of mouth from critics. So if you right. go on Rotten Tomatoes, it actually got a fairly good review from people have gone to see it and most people I know have gone to see it have actually enjoyed it they don't really have a bad thing to say about it a bit long but yeah um, yeah um, I I still think the original three it doesn't touch I think it's better definitely than the fourth one I think it does some stuff really well it's some stuff that you know as you say it's probably a bit too long the ending if you can is does go there really does go out there um fair enough i mean in some respects a lot of the other indiana jones films does have yeah yeah they're all out there they're all off at the end they're all off i think sometimes the original ones we're just used to so we we can we're more accepting of it um harrison ford's really good in it um yeah do you just think it's not had its time but it's so long since the last one the the main film goers, the the twenty year olds, the thing, the only film they would have possibly seen at a cinema or any recent time is The Kingdom of Skulls. Maybe which I, which is not a great film. And then you're going back to a low nineties film. I don't know. Maybe it's just people just don't have that connection. You have connection. We have connection because we were around yeah, when yeah, the first yeah. films were. But maybe the younger goers are just like. It's a film of my dad's film mm-hmm. with a new episode with someone who's nearly 90 years old as a star and I just don't care. And they're just like, if I, I would watch Fast, maybe um, I'm more interested in to go Barbie and yeah. Pokemon than I am. Maybe, maybe. It's difficult to tell. I mean, you've probably got a good point there because the age group it's aiming at are now people that probably struggle to find time to go to the cinema our age group you know so you're looking at probably anywhere between 35 to 45 50 is probably the age group you're looking yeah. at that is ages that not so they don't like going to the cinema i think it's an age group that struggle having time to go to the cinema work family commitments etc so when crystal skull came out we were that demographic was younger yeah. even then because you know it's 15 years ago so so they were able to more i think that's part of it i think there's a part of it that i think there's a bit of an anti disney anti lucasfilm thing that has sort of come up ever since some of the star wars films have become a bit divisive but also, i think it's the, the, how much the film cost um, saying that, I, I don't. I don't think many people don't go because of how much. They feel no, about. no. But I think that hasn't helped the box office. Oh no, no, comparison. No, no. Because if, if Last Crusade, I think if it adjusted to inflation, cost 150 million to make. If you adjusted it for inflation, oh, just is double that. So I, I still also think like Disney Plus doesn't help in these things. No. I mean. If you don't have the time or don't want to spend the money, because it's a family, if you're older people and you think, well, there's two of us going, it's going to be £30 to go watch it, which it was yeah. for me, Sally went to watch. You have to sort of think, I've got Disney Plus, it's going to be on Disney Plus in two months' time, and I could watch it for free. Yeah. So people... if, I, if I'm going to go to do that, I'm more likely to go and see something where I don't know where it's on Disney, I don't know where I'm going to see it, I might have to buy it, whatever, or might wait months. I might save money and go yeah. to Mission Impossible or Barbara So, and you've got a packed, you've got a packed market, you've got a packed summer as it is. So the problem is when cinemas are expensive, people will pick and choose what they go and see. So you might go right. I'm going to go to the cinema three times this summer. I'm going to go and see Oppenheimer. 
because I want to definitely want to see that Christopher Nolan film. I want to go and see the latest Guardians of the Galaxy, and I also wouldn't mind going to see the Flash. You know what, Indiana Jones, I'll leave. It's just you know that that's what it got. Or, or Fast X, you've got Elemental, you've got if you want to take you know you've got all of these films, Barbie, you've got all of these films competing for each other. When it's so expensive, I think, and people have been trained not to go to the cinema. So when you're trained to not go to the cinema because you know it's on Disney Plus in three months, you don't go. And Disney, in some respects, are shooting themselves in the foot. They've got so many films they're releasing, and then they'll put it on Disney Plus, which isn't making money. So I think you've got to think of... I think I know that they've slightly widened... The, the time because but Indiana's Jones is not long before it's coming out on Disney Plus I don't think it's been announced yet I thought already no it's, it's out on digital so you can buy it okay but you can't it's not down to stream download to stream yet okay um, but it's it's going to be what October it can't be long can it um, no well, 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 yeah um, so I mean when so if you look at the but I mean let's Let's, you know, not to be too negative on it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I saw it a few times and the ending, I, I was more accepted of the ending, especially the second time. I, third time I saw it, I did feel that I do feel it does drag. I do feel there's a, an extra stuff, maybe an extra. The third time I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> especially that maybe the stuff, even though I didn't dislike the sequence, but the stuff where they go underwater, was that necessarily needed? You could have taken that out and just streamlined it a bit more. But I love, I mean, even whether you like the de-aging or not, I think it sort of works in some instances. Some instances it doesn't. That beginning was so early Indiana Jones, but it was great. So, um, and the other one I enjoyed actually that also really didn't perform was The Flash. I really, once again, another film has been quite divisive, but I really enjoyed The Flash. I mean, the Flash got killed by DC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, as soon as the same blue video, as soon as they said this this area of series is dead, everyone yeah. went, okay, yeah. well, I'm not going to bother watching something which you basically say we don't matter. Nobody went to see Shazam, Shazam 2, um, you know, and The Flash. Nobody went to see it, and, and it's a shame because actually The Flash and maybe even Blue Beetle are two of their probably better films that they've done, I think. Well, um, when was the last big DC film people actually went to see? Um, that's a very good question. I mean, was it... It wasn't was it, Suicide Squad, because they didn't do that great either. But so it came it, out uh, during COVID. Whatever it, came out before end of COVID. So Before see, COVID began, I mean. So we're talking about Sp Superman. 2019. 2019 Superman versus Batman or the Justice League. Well, Aquaman. League. Aquaman 2 is the biggest DC film ever. So, I mean, you're looking possibly at the moment that Aquaman 2 could have the, the worst uh, decline from a sequel to the first one. Over a billion. Did amazing in China. Absolutely loved it. And, and it's the biggest DC film ever. Bigger than any Batman film or anything. Aquaman. Okay. Aquaman 2 hasn't even got a trailer. So according to Warner Brothers, they're still releasing it. They just want to get it out of the way, don't they? Because um, I know Warner Brothers have moved Dune Part, June Part 2, but apparently Wonka and Aquaman 2, they're keeping in there at the moment. They're not moving them. So um, we'll see. But yeah, um, but I, I really enjoyed The Flash. I thought it was really good. Um, but looking at the top 10 films of the year so far, uh, and this is, as I say, we recorded this on the 2nd of September, so um, 10, it's, it's still out, is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, at number 9, Little Mermaid, it's made 500, $569 million, which that is also considered underperforming, saying that Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all made a billion. Little Mermaid's another one of their more, most famous animated films. I think they probably would have thought that would have made a billion. I still think it's Disney Plus. But I think you're probably right. Um, I, I don't, I think, because I think that's coming on Disney Plus this month, The Little Mermaid, I think. Um, there are eight, seven and eight, you've got um, Chinese films. Wandering Earth 2 is at eight, and Full River Red is at seven. Um at number six is still out. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has made 690 million. Much, I mean, that's outperformed the first one by a considerable amount because the first one was one of those that word of mouth 
on digital home media sort of propelled that one um fast x is five seven hundred eighteen million which in the u.s it underperformed but it still does so well overseas yeah but it's still yeah it's still even, an under, even in the it's UK, an underperformance. It, didn't do, it didn't do that great but in china in other european countries they absolutely love the fast they have a problem with the, your the top 10 a lot of this problem with the top 10 is obviously which films china allowed in so if they allow it in they'll add 200 million to that film that film jumps up so if it doesn't get in it's down the rating you nearly need to do a non-chinese yeah. list yeah. just because the way they pick their films well that's so I, I, well i think now they are allowing everything in more or less um but i think they worry if it's american centric well <laughs> if it has, fit, there has Cap- captain america won't is, be in in china next year. whereas pre-covid um the chinese box office was really pushing up since covid there's been there is more of an anti-hollywood stance from china so the American films aren't doing quite so well. Maybe that's the way, the way they've been promoted, or how many cinemas they put in. I don't know. But apart from Fast X, all the other films haven't had that Chinese push that they were having pre-COVID. That might change. That might build up again, because I think it did have to build up again previously over the years. It might build up again as, as the years go on. Even Transformers Rise of the Beast, which was another one, Transformers films are another one that gets a massive boost from China. It did get a boost from China, but not the, not the same sort of level. No. Um, number four, we've got Oppenheimer, which is just under eight hundred million, which is probably is going to it's going to probably push a billion because it's, it's, it's it shows it's, power Nolan and that does uh, because I mean three hour, power enough is an Oppenheimer three hour film based on talking. nuclear weapon weapons get Amazing. into that list Amazing. and it's and it's because of one person it's a great it's a great film um guns against volume three is at three at the moment uh barbie's at two only just behind number one and barbie will go above it's now warner brothers most successful film ever it just surpassed it just went above harry potter and the deathly hallows part two which was their previous best last week um and at the moment we have super mario brothers at number one which another is another one that throughout is worldwide popular um but barbie will go above it over over the next couple of weeks um it's a strange top 10 list we have this year compared to what you've been having for probably for the last 10 10 13 years um it's you know it's not it's not being disney aren't ruling the roost as they have done previously um all that type of thing so yeah i mean i did the Barbenheimer weekend, as you as you know? I did it all the day, should I say? I went. I saw Oppenheimer first, and I saw a. Um, it was so it was on the weekend, and I on the weekend they came out one on Sunday, and I went for like eleven o'clock IMAX showing, and I went to look to see how busy it was, and I was like, I've got. To book. I don't normally book them, you see, because you just don't know what, just in case of it. And I was like, I've got to book this. I better book this, and it was packed. You know, when we we would see James Bond there, that was fairly busy. It was like that on a on a on a Sunday morning, and they were queuing quite a big foyer in the cinema I went. I go to, they were queuing out the door at that point in time. Wow! And when I came out, the queues were still there. Four or five cashiers cubes were still there um just and i saw barbie afterwards and that 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 cinema had no spare seats when i went to see it i liked them both both for different reasons i, I decided to do the Oppenheimer first i thought that'd be that was the best way around to do it <laughs> start with a bad one yeah, start with a, and go for some yeah, lighter yeah. and to be honest it's not a de- necessarily a depressing film but it, it, it's it's a heavier film um barbie i liked i, I don't think i loved it um, but it's not necessarily named for you. But some of the, I, I do not agree with some of the um, stuff that you see on the internet, especially from middle-aged men who have let's let's face it, plenty of films for them to see, <laughs> and they get some people get quite angry that a female-centric film does so well. But anyway, and I also think this shows. The box office shows that people also are going to the cinema for something different. So you've got franchise stuff here, 
But Super Mario Brothers has never had an animated film, which seems amazing, really, if you think yeah, how yeah. long it's been there. We've had a Bob Hoskins film in 1993, which is awful, and we've never had an animated film. So it's something that hasn't, ha- hasn't happened before, done really well. Worldwide popularity. Barbie, of course, the toy's been around for decades. Never had a film. Not even an animated film. There's animated TV films, etc. But never been an, a film for the cinema. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a bit of an exception, but Guardians of the Galaxy is very popular. Oppenheimer, a Christopher Nolan film, all-star cast, a heavy subject. It's something different. We haven't had that. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yes, it's a sequel, but it's almost a must-see animated film. It's things you've never seen done in an animated film before. I feel with those films, you watch it and you, you forget you're watching an animated film. That's how good they are. Once again, different. Um, so I, I, I feel people have got slight superhero fatigue, slight franchise fatigue. They're going to see things that not nece- they haven't necessarily seen on the big think, screen before. I agree, agree. I think most probably cinemas come more of an event. I mean, oh, is it 15 quid? It's a lot of money now to spend to go to watch a film. Considering most people have you know, various online ways to watch films yeah. and they're coming out so quick that people are like, I have to want to go to watch this. I know there'll be people who still love going to watch a film in the cinema yeah. because they want to see the big explosions on the big screen. Yeah. It's still the best way to see a film. But, cinema, picture quality and sound quality, but it's got to be an event. But it's got to be an event. And that's what you're saying. These films are an event. Um, and that's what pushed them in some ways. Like Ockerheimer, they were annoyed that they put Barbie against it. But they but, used it to the air But in the end, it worked out because it made, you know, an event. Rather than just being Ockerheimer came out, it became this whole big weekend thing. And it pushed Ockerheimer's name up. They got a load of free advertisement by yeah. linking it with Barbie all the but time. throughout, because when the, that announced, when the... Uh, release dates were set it was probably uh, almost a year before they came out and everybody was going oh they'll move one of the t- one of the film companies will move one of the film companies it got closer no we're not moving it's almost as if the film companies went you know what we're going to do this counter programming i think it's a work and universe both different film companies and the the, the thought was that warner brothers put it because they knew that's when our crime was coming out yeah, because yeah. that when it's all his films come out apart from tenant because yeah. of, of covid um so they were annoyed with him and they put Barbie yeah. against him just for just to be awkward. But in the end, it hasn't... But it, in the end, it's worked for both of them. It's, so. become, it's become, I think it's the second biggest R-rated film of all time in America after Joker uh, at the moment. It's, it's um, is it the second or third biggest Nolan film of all time after the Batman 2 and 3, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. It's past Inception. It's past Batman Begins, um, and you know, and it's still. You look at the UK box office this this last week. It's still at one and two. You know, films like The Meg Two done okay. The Meg Two is unbelievably. I've seen it. It's not great. The Meg Two, um, Blue Beetle, which I really enjoyed, have not been able to dent that top two, and we're what six weeks down. Yeah, yeah, it was just, was it the weekend before school holidays? Yeah, something like yeah, that? yeah, it was. So it was six weeks down the line and it, there's still one and two. Um, so, yeah, it's been an odd summer. I think there's a lot to learn from it. I'm hoping that we can get these writers and actors strikes sorted, you know, these get, give them what they, you know. But it, it doesn't look like, like what I've seen anything where it looks like they're talking like they're getting close to it. I mean, no, no. there was a thing about today about them wanting to start, they're doing something about games and wanting yeah. to, to extend it to games. So it, at the moment, it looks like it's getting worse, not better. Well, I read or I heard recently that traditionally in the in history of strikes, Hollywood strikes, when the Oscars look like it's going to be interrupted or postponed or completely cancelled that is when hollywood sit up and start thinking about doing something that's that's, that's, historically that's that's often they don't they don't want the oscars to be to be that's six months away yeah well i know but there'll be nearly a year strike by that point there will be 
it's maybe six months away, but there will be a a time when they're they're organising it, and they're realising that we're not going to get this Oscars I'm, off the ground. I'm, Honestly, that apparently historically that's apparently strikes. That's where Hollywood have started to try and sort things out. So we'll see if that but happens again. At the moment, I mean the way no, the Oscar, the way the way the how the Oscars has gone down in the last few years. I'm not certain. I mean, it wasn't so bad this year, but I mean, it's it's had a not a great rating. Well, so no, I'm, not, I'm not certain the Oscars now had the power to stop it. It might do. I mean, it is a hot. It's not just one. It's the whole awards. Yeah, season. yeah. The Emmys so. have already been moved, but um, but uh, if it's going to be a Barbenheimer fight, that does give the Oscars a little bit more of a uh, marketing push, isn't it? Oh, if it and was. And it probably is going to be a Barbie and Oppenheimer battle. Really? I guarantee you. I think it's going to be a Barbie and Oppenheimer. Honestly. They'll release a load of Oscar winning oh, well, films the, in ho- December. Ho- Oscar cinema. Oscar season starts in September. So all the Oscar bait films tend to come from now. Um, because that's when it's in the forefront over those six months where they have to start voting. But... I think it would be out of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Can you imagine if Barbie won the best picture? Well, they're all thinking it's got to be Nolan's year, but but the way Barbie has, has gone, you know, you've got... You, we'll, yeah, see. we'll see, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I can see it going to Nolan because they like... I mean, oh, yeah. it's the same with Tom Cruise. As soon as Tom Cruise does a proper film, which can be one where he leads, leads something, and I think he could have led it when I was what, for Top yep. Gun, I think... Oh yeah, the yeah, performance yeah. was up there. I don't, I don't understand why it's not not up there. Um, but when he does that, what they'll class as a proper film, yeah. he'll get an Oscar because they want him to have an Oscar. They can't have like Tom Cruise retire and never won an Oscar. So they get they get give him one for for something. Yeah. Um, but like Nolan and that, like, they have to, yeah. They they love him too much to. Well, yeah, be, I'll, I'll, but if anything's going to ruin the Nolan party, it might be that Barbie still wins Best Picture and he gets Best yes. Director. Yes, that could well happen. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But if the Oscars happen, but historically, Hollywood starts to sort things out when they realise that the Oscars are at threat. I know that sounds weird, and to us in the UK, it's like really. But apparently, that that is. That is oh, well, what's we'll, happening. We'll see, in the but past. at the moment, well, I, I, mean, haven't, I haven't heard anything. Which no, no, the, I mean, and, and they reject. I mean, cinemas need these films coming out next year. You know, um, obviously, Warner Brothers are so dependent on their all-star cast of June Part Two. They've got. They, they'd rather pay the marketing costs for another four or five months than they would actually get the film out, which seems baffling to me. I think you're going to have to. Some of these film companies are going to have to juggle that. You know, you're not making that much money in your films at the moment. You're really willing to pay how much your marketing costs to delay your film. I mean, we know how much No Time to Die was, you know, losing money because they had to keep delaying it. Are we really going to do that and not get our film out there? But, but, then, but it they gets were, into an issue then when they can't make films, you know. That's it. That, they would say that's their other issue, though. We can put June out now. We can do all this, carry on our normal schedule. Then next year, yeah, we won't have a films because we won't have had the actors. And that so is why they would have moved. That's why a reason to keep Wonka and Aquaman where you are. So they've got those for this year still. But then, then they've got something for next year because otherwise, we've Warner Brothers are releasing three films quite close to each other without nothing on. The Marvels are staying put. That's Marvels have actually gone. Oh, great! We could have IMAX screens now, which we weren't able to have because June Part Two comes out at the same time. So the Marvels are staying put. Um, looks like the Disney One Hundred animated film for to celebrate the One Hundred Years of Disney. Um, Wish is staying put, um, but there will be other changes as well. But as I say, it's going to get to the stage when there's some films that they can release next summer. Captain America. Is filmed, finished. Deadpool three wasn't, hasn't been finished, even though Deadpool three is aimed to come out before it. Oh, so they might swap it back again because they keep they swapped it one way and then they swapped it back the other way. But Deadpool three is apparently muted as the one that really does introduce X Men, multiverse people, etc. We'll see. We'll see. How 
That's a weird film to it. Yeah, apparently, apparently there's going to be a lot of more stuff in that than it looks like it's going to well, be. That's weird because, like, James isn't going to go and watch Dead, Deadpool. Well, not if it's a 15 or an R, is he? No. Which which people will moan, so diehard fans will moan if they scale back and make it 12A, yeah. PG-13. Which they should do because that's it's it is that is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um so they'll moan but then be, it's going to be on the flip side if it is a 15 or a, and it has all this connectivity to it at the moment we already know Hugh Jackman's in it but yeah. um, who knows but there's a couple of rumours I've read may not be right um, that it's going to be more than that so anyway we're almost coming to the hour mark it's been a strange year for films but what has been your favourite one you've seen so far do you think I think Guardians. I really enjoy Guardians. Um, I think my favourite one of the summer so far, or some of this year so far, is probably Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if that's nominated for Best Film as well, but I think the Barbie Oppenheimer thing will... Everybody want to give it to an animated film. I think the Barbie Oppenheimer thing would be too much. I'd love all these films to be nominated, because what I do hate is an Oscar-nominated, the Oscar series... I've, I find them annoying. No one wants to go watch Yeah, Okay, you might go and watch them. No one else wants to go and watch them. No one else cares about them. No. They are just there to win Oscars. Um, and everyone else is like, oh, that was a great film. Not. And not, and the, the half the Oscar films in the last 10 years, no one's seen. Well, I, I'm fairly sure that if it does go ahead, it'll be out of Barbie or Oppenheimer. And... I think that if it is going to be that, the Hollywood studios will absolutely be desperate for it to happen because I think that'll probably bring their ratings up because it's there are two films that are much, are much because it is it's more it's films that are more well known. Well, so yeah, that 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 is the problem that the, they've had. I mean, yeah. who cares who's best picture when it's Shape of Water? Whereas yeah. no one's going. Oh, I want to watch that, but. Is Barbie going to win the Oscar? Is something people will... Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. And, and and that could be a way that these strikes are settled and people get probably what they deserve to be paid, you know. It, it, I don't think it's a pay. Pay is, pay is often in all strikes, not usually no, the no, issue. No. I mean, sometimes it is, but often it's not pay. The, the issue is the AI part. Yeah. It's, that's that's the issue. It's always that way. It's, it's the same in here on strikes and other things it's not often the actual money because you both know one's got to come up one's got to come down usually it's we want to change our processes and people are going to lose their jobs and we want we going to do this process change and that's that's yeah, the problem yeah, yeah. ai is the problem not not the money mm. well we'll soon see anyway um Yes, yeah, so that's a little bit of an overview of what we a bit of a film chat really we've done today, which is always quite always quite nice. So um, thank you very much, Simon, for joining me once again. No problem. Um, we'll be back soon. Um, so Simon and I will be ranking the Marvel MCU this year. This year. So we're going to do for Christmas. We're going to do from Iron Man to the Marvels yep. this Christmas. That's what we're going to do, and we will we will decide off. Off mic, whether we're going to include TV series or not. I think we might do TV series as a separate one. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to include it. I was like, oh, no, this would be difficult. Um, I think that might be a good idea, to be honest. Um, and we are planning to do a Taylor Swift one, too. Yep. Um, so um, she's announced a concert film in the US, which has apparently has sold... Only Avengers Endgame has sold more pre-tickets than her concert film, and the Exorcist, the new Exorcist films, had to move its release date <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> to the that, week before, actually, um, because that's the, quite amazing. That a film has had to move because uh, of, well, I think it's a film of her concert tour, isn't it? Which I suspect may not be shown in. It's the, not shown. The, yeah, it's only going to be shown, going in, going to be shown in US, Canada. Only. Yeah, it's only going to be shown in where she's actually done it. I, so. Uh, so that's going to annoy everyone because it's going to be bootlegged. But next tour is South America, so then it'll be shown in South America yeah, after yeah. that. And then the Europeans will have to wait till next year to yeah. see it. So apparently, it is pre sales have only un, only Avengers Endgame sold, sold more pre sales, apparently. So 
the power of Taylor Swift. So we will be doing a Taylor Swift album ranking at some point this year as well. Hopefully for when her uh, 1989 Taylor version yeah, comes, comes out at the end of October. So we'll get that. Well, we need to, we need to do it soon, Simon. We're in September already. But uh, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much, Simon, for joining me once again. You're listening, or you have been listening, to Music and Film Save the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye.